0: MCVO Talent Outsource Services helps small businesses reduce cost by providing exceptional talent from the Philippines. With companies struggling to remain viable, open-minded companies are hiring offshore bookkeepers, virtual assistants, telemarketers, customer support, and digital marketers. Their post-production services for photographers and videographers are impressive, and they'll help reduce expenses across the board. Visit them at mcvotalent.com and listen to the podcast for their co-founder, Mark Zucker on episode 7 and 53. Next up on Visual
1: Wow. Since January, I've been pretty much 100% dedicated in setting up vaccination sites. Any event person, no matter where they go, their first thought always is, if an event person did this, we wouldn't have done it that way. We would have done it this way. And we were just fortunate enough to be able to leverage some of our skills to make these locations work a little bit better. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome
0: to Visual Wow, the podcast for people passionate about live events. We're obsessed with creating and capturing those wow moments. This is the place the top pros come to share their secrets. Now, here's your host, Jack Hartzman.
2: Welcome back, visual audience. I am Jack Hartsman, your host, and very excited to share with you a spontaneous conversation with my good friend, Robert Holzmeyer, senior partner, Empire Force Events, New York City. Rob, welcome
1: to the program. Thank you, Jack. I am happy to be here.
2: I know in our prelim conversation, we've been doing a little catch up. We've talked about everything from from my dad changing a battery and a mouse to uh, Mandy Patinkin's uh, Instagram. You know, you you have an avid follower of the podcast outside of our personal relationship, uh, keeping me up to check that I'm doing my job on the podcast. So it really is kind of fun to have you on the show.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm expecting my, my Visual Wow the Podcast number one fan t shirt or coffee mug in the mail anytime now.
2: You know, I've got them on order, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, they're back ordered. They're, they're stuck somewhere overseas. They're probably stuck in the Suez Canal, knowing my people. <laughs> yeah. I think that got opened up, by the way. Um, cards on the table, Robert. You are my first podcast recording in what I would call the New World Order um the visual podcast as you know and as many of our listening audience knows you know we really started in the heart of the pandemic and we were trying to bring a positive message to our listening audience to the events community with anything that we could and a lot of that circled around veteran event people that i knew Uh, our first guest was your business partner Jacqueline bernstein and many offshoots that come from our years together throughout uh, the Special Events community and, and, and my team and your team working together. A lot of great guests, Gary Boardman and Marvelous Mark and Samara uh, Hurley and all those kind of people um, bringing a positive message to the community. Here we are um, recording in the middle of June and to most people, COVID is in their rearview mirror and life has come back to normal. You want to weigh in on that before we dive into what you've been doing?
1: Yeah, so I was I was thinking back and it's been about a year and a half now, I guess, since COVID really took us by the short hairs and it it's almost hard to remember, I think, how it was affecting us because it was it's almost like the faucet turned off slowly as things dwindled away and at the time it seemed very abrupt, but if you look at it, it took You know, a couple months for things really to tighten up, but boy, coming back, it's like the faucet just turned on overnight. It's and maybe a year from now we'll look back and we'll think it. You know, we'll think about it in the other direction, but it just seems like things just turned back right away. I mean, we went from wearing masks everywhere to just you know, two weeks ago, my wife and I and our niece sitting in a theater in a movie theater watching Cruella with no masks eating popcorn like it was two years ago i i, so. I, I,
2: I hear you uh, last night uh, monica and i were out at a uh with, with friends at a restaurant and the place was packed it yeah. was it was packed beyond beyond anything normal that we've seen in the last year and a half it was it was packed beyond what it was like two years ago and we were just looking around saying that you know the the wait staff was still en mask by restaurant mandate, and they looked like there was something wrong they, they looked like five or ten years ago when you would see an Asian person walking through an airport with a mask because <laughs> they're used to it in their country yeah. um, it, it was bizarre, but here we are and and you were one of those people that that uh, you and Jacqueline, uh, an organization that took uh, the skill set that you have from the events community and you really went, I don't want to say hardcore corporate, but a job that is so far out of our normal thinking in the events community, uh, you started helping the New York uh, Health Department with, with uh, opening vaccination centers. Um, how did that come to pass? How, do we, or how did Empire Force take skill sets from that world of events into something into the public
1: health sector? It's an interesting story, which I guess is why you asked me to tell it. Well, you know,
2: we have a podcast for a reason and, and we invite exciting guests on for the same reason.
1: And uh, and as most things at Empire Force Events goes, as most, you know, successes at Empire Force Events goes, I really, you know, this one is is owed all to, to Jacqueline. And, uh, you know, as you know, Jacqueline, my, my, my business partner, Jacqueline, for those of you that don't know, uh, has been very involved with the industry forever and when covid began she didn't miss a step in being actively involved in all conversations in regard to preparing for recovery and protecting our industry so she has a very high profile and through that came a lead for a private medical organization who's contracted by the department of health new york city department of health that was being tasked with setting up multiple vaccination sites, and in New York at least, vaccination sites are now being done by multiple entities. The New York City Department of Health, New York City has several organizations within New York City that does them. New York State obviously is doing vaccination centers. At one point, uh, the federal government through FEMA is doing vaccination centers. Uh, now, vaccination centers are being done in Walmarts and ShopRites and Rite Aids and everywhere else and, of course, doctors. But when it started, it was really just ramping up in January of this year. So that company, when they got the call from the Department of Health, realized they needed someone to come in on their team and do the logistics side of going into an empty retail store in a mall figuring out how the space could be used, doing a spatial plan, determining what the throughput of people could be, building that site out, identifying the staffing requirements, and starting it up as a vaccination site. And we had the opportunity to, uh, to join that team. And since January, I've been pretty much 100% dedicated to working with that group in setting up vaccination sites. And I've personally designed and set up, I think I did my 14th or 15th site and now we're transitioning sites that were run by the Department of Health to our operations. So, I think I can honestly say I've probably seen as many vaccination sites in New York City as as anybody has. I've seen, you know, dozens of them. Well, I don't so want to treat you like
2: a I, I don't want to treat you like a Marine for a second or any other of our armed forces uh, personnel, but I do want to say thank you for your service because what <laughs> you have done, no but seriously, what you and your Empire team have done is, is you've really Put together a, a, a scenario, a situation that has, has, has benefited and helped so many people. And, and I think you left out one of the things that I think is when we go to any event, one of the things that we judge any event by is the flow of people. Mm-hmm. If the event doesn't have good people, people motion and people direction, yeah. um, even if it's lines at a bar or getting in the door with a ticket, or you can see point A to point B. If that doesn't work, we have a tendency to judge an event as non-successful. And I remember yeah. when you started with the vaccination stuff, that one of the things that was being talked about the most was that Empire got called on because you knew how to move people from point A to point
1: B. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And we do, you know, as event producers, we plan big events and we move a lot of people. And that's what a vaccination site was, is efficiently moving people through a process from point A uh, to point Z and all the stops all the stops in between it's it 's funny you know any event people any event person, no matter where they go, if there's ever a hiccup in operations of anything and i 'm talking non event stuff like a, a a hotel or an airport or a doctor 's office or a walmart they their first thought always is if an event person did this, we wouldn 't have done it that way. we would have done it this way, so event people always think they know the best way to do things. And we were just fortunate enough to be able to leverage some of our skills to make these locations work a little bit better. So we were happy to do that.
2: From what I've heard, it's nothing but successful. And New York City continues to open them up. Is that right?
1: Well, I don't know that we're opening any new ones now. They're really in a state right now of consolidating and fine-tuning what they're their uh, locations are going to be and what their capacities are going to be to meet the new demand. And when I say the new demand, unfortunately, demand has fallen, sure. fallen off quite a bit. Um, opening it up to, uh, to 12 and over helped boost uh, the throughput a little bit more in the demand. But a lot of people in, in New York, and I, I'm focused on New York City, a lot of people in New York City that want to be vaccinated have been vaccinated, and now it's that communication process and that education process to get those that are on the fence or who are hesitant or who just blindly, for some reason, don't want to get vaccinated to convince them you need to get vaccinated and here's where you can go to do it. So so we've oh. we created sites that would handle 1,500 people a day. And now we're we're moving those sites and we're redesigning those sites to accommodate the, the 100 to 200 a day uh, that are taking place at those sites.
2: So, uh, again, when you I, I'm pretty sure you started this back in January, right? Yes. Yeah. So we've watched the world be completely shut down. We, we, we couldn't walk out the door without a mask on. You're putting together vaccination centers. I'm not going to say by any stretch of the imagination that Empire ended the vaccine, uh, Empire ended the uh, global <laughs> pandemic. But thank you for what you did for New York City. Rob, what do you see happening in New York uh, as far as it coming back to life? Uh, You're in New York. I'm in Washington, D.C. We're watching it come here, like literally overnight. What's happening in the event community in in New York? What's happening on the streets just by normal pedestrians? Uh, What is Empire up to these days, kind of re-embracing the new world order?
1: Uh, Well, from what's going on in the city, I mean, I've been driving around a lot in the last few months because i'm going from site to site uh so as anybody knows traffic in new york city is you know typically one of the worst and uh at the height of the pandemic it was you know an ideal driver's town you could drive around and uh slip in and out of neighborhoods and it was you know it was it was very efficient and it's noticeably gotten busier and busier over the past you know, four or five months that I've been doing this, as things come back and as businesses need those truck deliveries, and as people are coming back to work and are hesitant to take mass transportation, but they're willing to drive. Uh, so we are seeing the we are seeing the city come back. Uh, but if you look closely, there are a lot of boarded up storefronts and and frosted out windows, and a lot of businesses are just you know, not going to come back. And as I drive around it, it's it's sad to me to see some of these places that were thriving businesses. And just because of the timing of the pandemic or maybe what was going on in their business, those those retail storefront businesses, restaurants, shopping locations, they just couldn't make it. They couldn't make it through. Or I'm hoping that they, you know, Put their head in the shell like a turtle and they're waiting it out and they're gonna they're gonna come back when uh, when the time is right but I think there's also now a lot of opportunity there's opportunity for people that want to open a new store where the rents are now lower the uh, the cost entry is a little bit lower uh, there's probably going to be more uh, business incentives in New York to stimulate that um, you know I'm from Ohio and I, I came to New York to follow my dream and came here and and found a place to rent that you could afford and without any money to support me and hopefully getting a job and hopefully going to school and that really became unattainable to a lot of people in New York. And I'm hoping that maybe now there's a new opportunity that that costs have been lowered, that, uh, you know, level barriers to entry have been lower, that some of those kids like me can now make it back to New York and pursue that dream, and it's going to be a new renaissance in New York. You can't keep New York down. It's going to come back one way or the other, and I'm looking for those silver linings and those opportunities for, for people to come back to New York.
2: Well, I try to keep politics out of the podcast, but to all those that oh, are Why for,
1: do you want to do that?
2: I, I uh, For all those that are running for mayor in New York City, I think you all ought to contract my friend Rob Holzmeier, to find out about his insight on how we should keep the economy right in New York City to let more people from Ohio in and look what they could produce. Ohio's son is the number one guy in New York City.
1: Yeah, well, I hope they do too. I hope they do. They've, they've uh, got my number if they need to call.
2: No, no, no. Listen, I I, I think your mouth to God's ears that, that not just in a city like New York, but in most ma- major metropolitan cities that with the amount of abandoned buildings there are right now and closed up shops that maybe some people can put two and two together and let the world regrow and and get back on its feet in, in some kind of a way of keeping some of those rents down. And, and they, like you said, give people, give people a chance, Rob, what are you seeing uh, with the events community, with your, your bigger companies uh, that empire does business with uh, if they've started doing events yet?
1: Uh, well, we're, we're seeing it begin to come back. We're beginning to see, uh, at the very least inquiries and uh, we're getting requests for proposals which is the first step to actually doing business actually uh, last night we did one of our first new big events Jacqueline opened up the flagship Lego store in Rockefeller Center so uh, she was busy with that and had a, a, a crew of our, of our team and our really trusted vendors that we really missed working with all back together doing an event. I was on a vaccine site, so I wasn't able to be there, but uh, it was exciting to have a, a true event go on with uh, people attending and uh, no virtual element, no, no web stream, no live stream. Just a real good old fashioned event, so uh, it was uh, it was fun to see that. And uh, we're doing some work with um, with one of our good pharma clients doing back to work events because they're bringing their employees back to their headquarters and and beginning to make that transition from all work at home to some work at home. So they're doing uh, events to to welcome those folks back. So we're working on some of those events, and it's it's joyous it's it's what little what little work there is and what little activity there is it's it's just surrounded with the joy of this industry coming back it's not going to be kept down it's not going to be all virtual no live it's there's going to be live events we kept saying it all through the crisis we kept saying live events will come back live events will come back and I'm sure that there was a little bit of hopefulness in those words that we were saying, boy, I hope they come back, but maybe not. Would you <laughs> because you and I know it's been proven that you you can work from home and it's been proven that you can do a virtual event. But but uh it's joyous to see that there is actual live event interest that is that still remains and will will bring things back.
2: You and I we we, we seldom disagree on on big items and uh You've really been a great uh, – I think COVID has been one of those things that really put a magnifying glass on on long-term relationships and people maybe you'd lost touch with or didn't talk to on the regularity that you used to, and, and it's been great. You've been one of those great friends that, that we've been keeping in, in very close contact through COVID. Would you agree that humility, a little honest humility, has been given back to all of us, or maybe we've all taken back a little bit of our humility – that when you take away our livelihoods, we kind of have to sit and stare at a mirror
1: and saying, "Oh, w- what now?" Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's humility. You know, I think I think when when there was the um, the economic downturn of was that two thousand eight. Yep. Um, I think that, and and you know, we we struggled with that as a company, as as many companies did. And I think that brought a little bit more humility than anything because it was, you know, we should have seen this coming, we should have been more financially and, and organizationally prepared and we got slapped around and that made us a little bit humble because those that were prepared more than others were able to, to weather it a little bit better and thank God we weathered it. and. And we made some smart decisions and some dumb decisions, but we made it through. Uh, but that I think gave us a little bit of humility. COVID, I don't know if it's humility, it's more like your your and maybe it's just the age that you and I are at, but it's just the fact that, you know what? You're not gonna live forever and life is very fragile. And I think that more than anything is what, is what COVID did. You know, it made you realize. Are you a little oh. jerked up sometime? <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, uh, as we as we wrap up our little conversation here, I'd like to uh, I'd like you to, to we'll, we'll, we'll do something light, and then we'll do something a little bit heavier. I, I think that that looking into our own mortality uh, or longevity, which might be the same thing, is is definitely uh, a, an actual statement. I I think that that is. At least for me, I, I thought we could do this forever at this pace we were doing it. And the minute it went away and we actually had time on our hands to look at the mirror or sit on our patio and have a, a dinner more than one night in yeah. a row, all of a sudden we realized the, the good parts of life that we maybe uh, have worked right through and not realized what we've been giving up. We started talking and we didn't finish on purpose about uh, about uh, a celebrity Instagram page that you were bringing up. And I, I think I had a hunch where you were going with it. Uh, we're both big fans of Mandy Patinkin. Talk about what 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 you find so interesting about what he was doing uh, through through this dark time.
1: Well, I think it's 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 typical of of um, celebrities now to try to be you know real on Instagram. Yeah, more, you know, more human. Be, more human. More attainable. Real and more human, and you know I don't know if all of them obtain it, but Mandy Patinkin uh, seems to have accomplished that. Uh, his Instagram is run by his son. And it's him, essentially, it's him and his wife at home, um, and his son will begin the conversation with asking a question, uh, like, dogs on the couch or not on the couch, dogs on the bed or not on the bed, and it'll launch Mandy and his wife into a conversation that you can only imagine them having, where they disagree, but agree, and go round and round, and some of the questions about technology are, are some of the best, about how the Internet works and how he'll say, Mom, how does the Internet work? And she'll go into an explanation of what she thinks how the Internet works. And it's just a great, I think, just blinders-off podcast of, of those two interesting people, even though he's a celebrity. Um, they're just interesting, character-rich people. So I was just suggesting that as, as all my podcast to watch when uh, I can't find a visual wow podcast, I, I watch Instagram with Manny <laughs> Uh
2: I thank you for that shameless plug. Uh, Rob, you're a senior guy in the industry. You, uh, you've got several decades of experience in the Vents community. What do you say to the young vendor, the person who was only a few years into the game when COVID hit, about how to refocus their heads and get back to business or you know what kind of pearls of wisdom do you have for the younger event professional boy
1: that's uh there's there's so many there's so many and um if they're in this state right now you know I, it probably is that, a state goes, of,
2: wait a minute, is that a state of mind or new york state
1: well uh, state of mind in the state in the state of the industry where If they had their business prior to COVID and they have survived somehow to really take the opportunity to take to heart and put into practice the lessons they learned. Because it's so easy as a young person to go through an experience and not record the lessons learned. And you think, oh, I really experienced something there. And I'm, you know, I, I made it through with the skin of my teeth and now I'm back. Pour gas on the fire. Let's go. Um, so I would just recommend that they pause for a moment and really make sure that whatever lessons they learned, and that may be they weren't prepared, they were prepared, they can be better prepared, they can do this, they should have done that, to take a moment, record that, write it down in their journal because it's so easy to forget because as we said the 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 valve is back on the gas is on the fire and things are going to explode i feel don't miss out these lessons that we learned over the last year because they're they're you don't want to have to learn them again
2: Well, i think that's that's a great pearl of wisdom right there and and uh you know we we as you mentioned, you know the the downturn in two thousand eight and and what what came post nine eleven, you know maybe we didn't learn the lessons well enough that we that we kind of fell back into some of our same routines with yeah. overhead and with overstaffing and with a lot of things that start with over. And I think we're all in that point now where well, look at what we accomplished when we had no overhead and no staff. And and let's stay a little bit closer to heart, so we can not just love what we're doing, but make a living doing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think that's uh, I think that's a real real important takeaway from uh, from our conversation, Uh, Robert. It is absolutely a pleasure to have you on the show. I I trust. I did. Is it Uh, well? You want to go? (laughs) What what do you want to talk about? Uh, You want to keep? You want (laughs) to keep rolling? I mean, the man the man who has so much to say but doesn't want to say about
1: it. Wait, what? I'll tell you anything. Well, I'll tell you anything you want to know. I'll tell you anything you want to know. Well, Let's talk about uh, my pet peeves. You know what one of my pet peeves is? T-
2: well, I know about Staples. I know about Staples in the upper a, left-hand corner.
1: That's not a pet peeve. That's that's a that's. A, so my story about Staples when <laughs> when, <laughs> uh, when I had multiple staff and we were bringing staff on. Uh, one of the things that that I would train our staff on was how to staple. And it's not so much how to staple, but where the staple goes in a stapled document. And there's many places to put it. And it really doesn't make any difference where you put it. As long as wherever you put it, you put it there every time the same (laughs) way. That's the key.
2: So is that the pet peeve or is that the office lesson?
1: This is an office lesson. This is not a pet peeve. This is an office lesson. So... Uh, and Samara Hurley will probably, t- you know, can tell you, you know, Samara from- from Hurley that. right
2: now is listening to this podcast on the floor, laughing hysterically.
1: <laughs> it's, where the, it's where the staple goes. That was the point. It's like, okay, r- r- consistency is one of the most important things you could ever do in life, in business, in love and relationships. Consistency. You want to be a consistent person. And you want to staple the same way every time. Every document that comes out of Empire Force Events that is handed out to somebody, it wants to look exactly the same way every time. And okay. stapling is a good way to do that. So that's just that's an office. Uh, okay. So let's 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 go to pet peeves then. Pet peeves. I was just looking for something to talk about. Well, one of my pet peeves are stores, retail stores, that have two doors and only unlock one of them. Oh yeah. I'm with you on that. You know you walk up to a double door and you grab a handle and you pull on it and it's locked. And you see people in there, so now you have to grab the other handle and unlock it. And you know what's causing that? What's causing that is laziness. The person that opens the store at the beginning of the day, they get their little set of keys out. They go over to the door, they unlock the bottom lock on the door. Now they can reach up and click the two little things that open the side door. But they don't. They think one door—that's all we need. One door. But you paid for two doors, but you're only using one. Big wow. My that mind. is
2: that is some kind of deep.
1: This is going to get completely cut out of the podcast, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, I'm
2: not sure, but but I'll tell you what we are going to talk about very quickly, and we are going to yeah. wrap up. Um, you uh, several months ago, you offered to me uh, to be the host and interview me at my 100th episode.
1: You bet. And boy, are we going to go deep. Much and, deeper than you have gone with me, Jack.
2: And, uh, and I want to tell you that when you offered that back in, uh, I think, February or
1: March. Uh, I think it, you were it, only up to like 16, 25. Yeah, whatever. Yeah,
2: <laughs> but, but, it really, but it really it meant the world to me. And I, I couldn't think of a better person to do that interview. And to the listening audience, uh, you know, I took a bit of a hiatus after, uh, after February. Uh, after doing uh, religiously two, two podcasts a week, uh, we dropped off to one a week and then dropped off to one a month and, and then went uh, almost two months without one. So we're back. Uh, we're back alive and nationwide and worldwide. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll be back at that 100 mark, Rob, or we'll get to that 100 mark uh, probably in the early fall. And, right. uh, and I very much look forward to, uh, to having me on my show with you at the helm.
1: Yeah, it's going to be good. So uh, good,
2: hey Rob. If people want to talk to you, they want to reach out to you, they want to get to you and see what you're all about. Give them a little plug about uh, how to do that.
1: I'm online empireforce.com. uh at empireforce.com. I'm on uh, Instagram, R. I'm on Facebook, R. Holsmeyer. R. Holsmeyer.
2: There's a lot of Holsmeyers going on there, and all those links <laughs> will be in the show notes. Rob, uh, it's been a long time coming, man. I know you were actually one of our guests on our roundtable, the Empire Force, bringing the band back together. Uh, roundtable back uh, almost a year ago. Uh, it's nice to see your smiling face one on one. And I will. This is not a pet peeve by any stretch of the imagination, but I wanted to mention something to you when you were telling your story about driving through New York City. Uh-huh. I was having I was having a hard time swallowing you saying "I" and "am driving" in the same sentence because. The, the 25 or so years that I've known you, you don't drive. I mean, I know you have a license and I know you drive to go see your mom or something like that, but you don't drive around New York City. You're jumping a car, go on the subway. do. And to yes, hear that, that you're driving cool. around New York City, well, that's kind of neat for me.
1: Yeah, I, I love it too. I love to drive and I've always loved to drive in New York City, but you avoid it whenever you can uh because of the traffic but uh it's been nice to drive and and now they've lowered the speed limit everywhere to 25 miles an hour and they're giving you tickets if you drive faster so takes not according to sammy Hagar, because he drives 55 <laughs> well new york city i always like to think of it as a le mans course yeah uh, but they they don't smile on that as much as they used to anymore
2: <laughs> we can do this one forever hey ladies and gentlemen the visual audience thank you so much for tuning in today rob it's been great to have you on the show great and, to be here uh, I hope to see you again real, real soon. Stick around. We'll chat a little bit afterwards. And uh, to everybody else, thank you so much for being a part of it. We'll see you next time.
0: Thanks, Jack. Thanks for listening to Visual Wow. If you like what you heard, like us on Facebook, Twitter, and tell your friends. Go to visualwow.com for more info. If you didn't like what you heard, just keep it to yourself. Know a pro we should be talking to on the show? Drop us a line. Talk with you next time on Visual Wow.